In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Christ is born. We have um, in the Gospels, two of the Gospels, giving us two different accounts from two different perspectives on the birth of our Lord and God and Savior Jesus Christ. One shows His kingly freedom. The other shows His obedience in his sonship. I suppose that we might not uh, think of anything, any two things more opposite than obedience and freedom. If I'm, if I'm obedient, I'm sure not free, am I? And if I'm free, I answer to no one. Freedom and obedience, opposites. But I hope that we can see this evening and on this great and holy feast day and through the message of these two evangelists, Luke and Matthew, that Christ has restored the obedience and the freedom that Adam had in paradise And he lost both of those things. And Christ our Lord in his incarnation, in his birth, gives us back that freedom, perfect freedom in perfect obedience. In the Gospel of Matthew, we hear, and this is the the Gospel that we heard just now, we hear of Herod, and the wise men, king and king, right? The three kings and the king, kingly. We hear the story of Herod and the wise men here. In the Gospel of Luke, we hear the story of Caesar Augustus and the shepherds, the poor shepherds. One might ask, well, why doesn't, Matthew mentioned the shepherds, or Caesar, along with Herod and and the three wise men. Why did he leave them out? Why didn't he say anything about it? And we might come over here and and ask of the Gospel of Luke, why doesn't doesn't the, the writer, Luke, mention anything about Herod or the wise men? Wouldn't it lend more credibility if they they kind of matched up? But this is, I think, um, earthly wisdom and not divine wisdom. And St. Nikolai asks us to look at each of these evangelists and see how they both have a message for us, a message of freedom, in a message of obedience in in these two accounts. King Herod was the king. He he hears about a king coming into the world and, and he gets threatened big time. 
Well, what's going to happen if, 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 if uh, um, this new king comes in, he doesn't like me, he doesn't like my officials, he doesn't like my way of do, doing things. So he's threatened, and he goes to the scribes and the Pharisees, and, and he, he himself is threatened. The, the, uh, the people in Jerusalem are in an uproar. Where is this king coming from? He's asking all of these questions. These three kings, we call them the three kings, we call them the wise men, we call them the magi. What were they anyway? I think the, the, the best term we could probably give them to understand who they were, how they thought, how they operated, was they were astrologers. You know the difference between astronomy and astrology. Astronomy is a study of the stars and the movement in the stars and, and such. Astrology, though, is different. Astrology could probably be summed up at just in the word superstition. But these men were not stupid. They were wise men. And they were the wisest of all of the East. It doesn't say any particular country or nation that they came from, but that they came from the East. And they represented, in a way, I think, the whole of Eastern peoples who had generally fallen under the sway of the superstition of the stars and feeling like the stars govern our life. That's what the horoscope is, by the way. <laughs> when, we think, when we think that the stars and the alignment of the star and this, that, and the other is determining our lives. But I think one reason why they were wise was because they were looking for a way out. They were looking for a way out and they saw a star and they believed that this star was a sign of, of the birth of a king, a birth of the king of the Jews. And when they came to worship the Lord, the king of the Jews, they weren't worshiping a star, were they? They had been worshiping the stars. But now they come to worship the king of the Jews. And Herod, being the king of the Jews, is threatened. Israel had been given all of the knowledge of God through Moses and the prophets and, and, and the Psalms. And, and, and so, why is Herod asking where Jesus is coming from? See, in other words, they, they had... They had put off, Israel had put off the old knowledge, or the, the true knowledge. They had put it off. And now the ones who are under sway of superstition are being called by God to announce the birth of the king. St. Jerome says in his commentary, the star shone in the east so that the Jews to their shame should learn the birth of Christ from pagans. Ouch. Ouch. Over here, in the Gospel of Luke, we have, we have Caesar Augustus and the shepherd boys. 
Caesar and the shepherd boys. Power and weakness. Power and weakness. Who's more powerful than Caesar? More powerful than Caesar Augustus. Why didn't the star come and stand over Rome? Why didn't the angels go to Caesar and announce the birth of the king? God is humble, you know. God is humble. And He chose to show earthly power for what it's worth. And to show that true power, the power of God, comes through humility. Comes through obedience. Comes through a humble cave. Comes through a manger. There's hardly any sharper contrast than the power of Caesar and these poor little shepherd boys from Bethlehem. I think about the cave, the stable cave, and um, you know I wonder, I mean it was a historical er area, and I've often wondered whether or not King David may have, have known of that cave when he was a boy wandering the hills of Bethlehem, because he was from Bethlehem, and the Lord had promised that he would come from his lineage. Did David know that cave? Had he ever been in that cave? I found a quote from St. Nikolai. Let me read it to you. Who knows how many times David, the son of Jesse, was in this cave. He may have set out on it to fight against Goliath, slaying his opponent, armed to the teeth, though Goliath was, just with a stone and a sling. And now the young child, Jesus Christ our Lord, lies in this cave by the laws of men, a descendant of the same shepherd David, and he will set out against a terrible Goliath, against Satan, who is reigning in Jerusalem in the guise of the Goliath Herod. And in Rome, in the guise of the Goliath Augustus, and throughout the world in the guise of the Goliath Sin, and the greatest of all Goliaths, Death, and the whole of Satan's army is armed to the teeth and will laugh to see Jesus go forth against it with an apparently useless weapon as the first Goliath laughed at David in his sling, Jesus' victorious weapon will be something softer than stone. It will be the wood of the cross. Isn't that awesome? Just to think, just to think about that. God knew all of this beforehand. You think you ever had a conversation with David in that cave? You think he ever inspired a psalm? of David in that cave. I think that cave 
was quite familiar to our Lord and God and Savior Jesus Christ long before he became incarnate of the Virgin Mary. And so we see this great contrast of the wisdom of the world, the wisdom of God having been rejected, and the the wisdom of this world coming to Bethlehem, to Jerusalem, and then down to Bethlehem, to the cave. These wise men, they bowed down and they worshipped our Lord as a baby. They brought gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Gold for a king. Incense for a priest. And myrrh for the prophet and the Savior. Those three gifts unwittingly showed who Jesus Christ really was. Our prophet, our priest, and our king. And when they bowed down and gave and worshipped Him and gave Him those gifts, He gave them something back. He gave them the truth. And they were, they were freed from this fate of being governed by the stars. They were freed from it because they had come to the truth. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And He freed them from this fatalism of being governed by the stars. And He gave them back true prayer in light of the incense in response to their offering of incense And he gave them immortality in response to their offering of myrrh. So they came back, I think, with more than they gave. Isn't that true of each of us? We come to give everything to God. He gives us more than we could ever give Him. St. Gregory of Rome, in his sermon says these astrologers have something important to show us in returning to their own country by another way. Listen carefully to this because I think this is the thing that we can walk away with on this great and holy feast. Our homeland is paradise and having come to know Christ The way is closed for us to return to paradise by the path with which we came. In the path we came, we left our homeland by pride, by disobedience, by prejudice towards the invisible world, and by tasting of the forbidden fruit. And the way back must be a different path, says Gregory. The way back to paradise is through tears and obedience through the scorning 
of the visible things and the restraining of bodily desires. And so there are so many small things that we can learn from reading the fathers by contemplating these scriptures. We see in this lesson how obedience and freedom come together perfectly in our Lord and God and Savior Jesus Christ. And he offers this gift to us on this Christmas day. May we find our way back to paradise through him, through our Lord and God and Savior Jesus Christ. Christ is born.